Cybersecurity is a huge issue in our world, and it can be an incredible opportunity for your kids to engage in STEM learning. On today's episode, we chat with someone who is helping not only get the message of cybersecurity into all classrooms, they're even helping kids that are blind and with visual impairments to get excited about cybersecurity and related careers. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, welcome back to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. And again, we're always looking for those ways to help get every kid the opportunity to get excited about STEM in your classroom and in your community. And today, I'm really excited to be able to talk with somebody from cyber.org about a project that allows kids that are blind and vision impaired to, to really get into that exciting field of cybersecurity. And today, we get to chat with Dr. Chuck Gardner. He's the Associate Director at cyber.org. Welcome to the show today, Chuck. Hi, Chris. Thanks a lot for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so excited. On episode 195, I got to chat with your director, Kevin Knowlton, and uh, cyber.org has so many great resources for educators to be able to use to get your kids interested or finding out more about cybersecurity. Chuck, why, why is cybersecurity such a big thing? Uh, yeah, we all know the numbers, Chris, right? 800,000 jobs currently available in cybersecurity. We need a workforce to fill them. Uh, back in 2008, Cyber Innovation Center, that's the parent organization of cyber.org, created a regional model uh, to fill a cybersecurity workforce with a, an impact on K-12, providing content to educators, make them confident in the classroom. Since then, uh, 2011, cyber.org was developed out of a grant from uh, the Department of Homeland Security, now the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA. That project was called CTAP, Cybersecurity Education Training and Assistance Program. Mm -hmm. And cyber.org used to be called NYSERC when that project first came out, the National Integrated Cyber Education Research Center. So both us and our funder have had name changes since then. Yeah. Uh, so through CISA, uh, we, we now have this opportunity to provide curriculum across the country. We have 25,000 teachers doing great things in their classroom to help impact the next generation of cybersecurity workforce. Yeah. And, and kids, I mean, I tell you what, they love being able to do things with technology, with computers and things. So it's so exciting to to get kids excited about that. But so many teachers are like, I don't know what to do. I mean, cybersecurity sounds complex and technical and stuff. So, uh, you know, Chuck, you kind of came at this. You used to be in the education field. You were a teacher, right? That's right. That's right. I was a career changer. I was in the maritime industry that I got into education around 2006. Uh, I was in the classroom for about 10 years. Uh, so, you know, I, I know the struggle of teachers and, and new content. I wasn't a trained teacher. Uh, I get, got into the math classroom, uh, you know, fresh out of a career change and got into robotics fresh out of a school change. So um, yeah. I'm no rocket scientist. I'm no robot scientist. But, you know, cyber.org is creating materials that are going to give teachers confidence to have those conversations about cybersecurity at any level, elementary, middle or high school. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, oftentimes we just need that little bit of push as educators to say, hey, it's okay if you don't know everything, if you don't have all the answers, you know, the kids can work their way through these types of curriculum and stuff available at cyber.org. And, and you know what, those kids are going to start asking questions, and they're going to start trying to find those yeah. answers. Yeah, yeah. Kids have those great resources in their pockets, right? They have those cell phones that are going to connect them with all the information uh, that they have questions about. We need to teach inquisitiveness. We need to make them want to, to learn these things and ask these hard questions. 
Uh, teachers are nervous that they're not going to be able to provide all the answers, and that's okay. These are learning moments for teachers and students. Students are going to appreciate um, when you know they're relied on to support some of this information. You know that maybe the teacher doesn't know, or as you both learn these these opportunities together, teachers and students side by side. So I've seen from from my own classroom experiences that you know not knowing something is okay. It's not a bad thing to Google it every now and again. So uh, and if uh, cyber.org curriculum right doesn't provide the answers. Uh, then there, there's a research somewhere that I'll help you. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of educators are thinking, you know, I mean, I can't imagine a kindergartner being able to do cybersecurity stuff, but to build things up, there are skills that even those youngest kids can be doing to start uh, prepping them for those higher level skills, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so we've got um, back in 2020, 2021, uh, Cyber.org um, worked with a group of educators from across the country to develop cybersecurity learning standards. The first K-12 cybersecurity learning standards for um, teachers to adopt uh, in maybe states that didn't yet have cybersecurity standards. We work with 30 teachers and we've got standards that cover grade bands of K2, 3, 5, 6, 8, and 9, 12. And we're talking about uh, topics across the buckets of computing systems, digital citizenship, uh, and security. Uh, and, and these are really great conversation starters for, for teachers in the classroom, again, who may lack a little bit of that confidence. We have the standards, we have clarification statements that are going to help kind of teachers uh, at any point in a student's day, whether they're math, science, ELA, electives, counselors, right? We want everyone to be engaging with students to make every student cyber aware. Uh, and then the last thing, we've got curriculum now that we're writing to, to meet these standards. So teachers wrote the standards. Cyber.org is supporting now that project with curriculum that's going to help elementary and middle school teachers with activities uh, to bring these standards to life in the classroom. That's awesome. And I'm thinking there's already so many great resources on that cyber.org that teachers can check out. And, you know, a STEM teacher may be saying, hey, I need something, you know, an, another module, another another piece to add into our curriculum for the year. Uh, even like you mentioned, a literacy uh, teacher may think, uh, you know, cybersecurity doesn't really fit, but uh, there's so much language and stuff going on in that those computer fields that it's it's a perfect fit to yeah. uh, connect. I, I love talking to English language arts teachers, and when we make that connection of syntax, right? There's there's this whole language to writing code, whether it's you know cybersecurity, whether it's the malicious actor, the offensive uh, hacker, uh, or uh, a defensive from a defensive posture. Syntax is critical. You got to make sure that the code you're writing is correct and that the computer can process it. So when we talk about things like computational thinking and computer science and cybersecurity, it all comes back to, you know, to language arts and, and being able to, to write code that's going to process correctly by the machine that you're running with. That's awesome. So if teachers have some questions, definitely head to cyber.org. Uh, you can find out all the great resources. You can contact them through the website and stuff as well. Uh, but I'm so excited that the You've started this new initiative. It really grew out of a, a program you were doing with the Virginia Department of Education, really to, to target kids that that maybe we weren't already thinking about for cybersecurity. Yeah, totally. Uh, an underrepresented group in the area of cybersecurity. So back in 2015-2016, Cyber.org was working with the Virginia Department of Education to bring what uh, the governor deemed at the time was going to be a summer of cyber camps. Uh, so we brought some of our robotics curriculum called Cyber Literacy. We brought a little bit of engineering called STEM EBA. Uh, and we trained 250 some odd teachers who impacted over 700 students across the Commonwealth. 32 high schools hosted events that summer. Wow. Um, we got a call the next fall, fall of 2016, from uh, folks at the Virginia Department for the Blind and Vision Impaired, basically stating 
uh, you know, it's great what you did for, for the mainstream students, but we've got a population who's interested in this stuff too. We'd love to help you develop a, an accessible version of that camp. Let us show you what our, our population can do and let's build a camp and, and let's host these students and give them the same opportunities uh, that their peers uh, have the opportunity to participate in, in that summer. And uh, my friend Tish Harris uh, and I, since then, Thick as Thieves, we've been working uh, on these projects and bringing, raising awareness uh, to folks across the country. And now uh, DHS having, uh, CISA having stepped up and authorized that opportunity for us to deliver these camps through our grant um, really helped kind of blow the roof off of this thing. And it's, it's been a really busy summer uh, as we deliver what we now call Project Access uh, out to uh, organizations across the country. Wow. It's just so amazing, Chuck, to hear about and, and thinking, you know, how do you take the ideas of cybersecurity and, and get them to work for, you know, first of all, for a kid that's in kindergarten age or whatever, but then to think, okay, how do you get them to work for people who are uh, blind and vision impaired, you know, I mean, what kind of a challenge was that like? What what kind of things did you did you do to make uh, make those kind of things happen? Yeah, I mean, te- um, te- technology makes some incredible opportunities for sure. It did, it did make some incredible opportunities. Um, when we first got that call, my, my colleague Tommy Gober and I uh, headed to Richmond to meet with the team, and and you know, I, I basically stated, "We're going to bring everything. We're going to bring everything, including the kitchen sink." Uh, and see what works because I had never experienced this technology in the past. Uh, so we, we met with their team, with some of their lead lead facilitators and trainers uh, and other folks involved in the in the program. And we brought Arduinos out, we brought microbits out, we brought Raspberry Pis out, uh, all these devices that we figured, you know, this is the latest and the greatest at the time. We're going to find something that works. Uh, we kept throwing stuff against the wall, nothing stuck. Uh, we got to the Bobot, which is a, a product from our, our great friends at Parallax Robots for Education that's programmed in BASIC. I mean, okay. old school yeah. BASIC. And it worked. And it worked brilliantly. And, yeah. and the funny part about it was not just that it was programmed in BASIC, but that was the exact platform we had delivered the year prior uh, at those cyber summer camps. So it turned out to be almost the exact program that we had delivered to those camps was now going to be kind of reconditioned for the blind and vision impaired community. Uh, they had screen readers that could read the edi- the content of the editor uh, so that the students could get the feedback on what they were typing and, and what their syntax looked like. The Bobot is, I've got one in my hand now, it fits in my palm. Uh, it's got two motor motorized wheels, one free spinning tail wheel, um, but they're really pissed at resistance. It's got this um, programmable breadboard. So it's a solderless proto board, it's called. Um, mm-hmm. And we can build circuits there. Uh, so the next challenge after we figured out that we can program this with the screen reader was how we're going to build circuits on the proto board. Uh, so armed with a couple of toothpicks, we turned it into a coordinate system and yeah. we started counting squares. Uh, yeah. And we put LEDs and resistors and we had a, a ultrasonic distance sensor. We had an accelerometer tilt sensor. We had a uh, e-mic text-to-speech sensor, uh, all these really great projects that were built uh, in, all in five days. Uh, this wasn't a three-week camp like the state rolled out the previous year. This was a five-day residential camp. And these kids, I'm telling you, they knocked it out of the park. Awesome. Uh, and that was the first iteration of a project access summer camp. Yeah. And those kids, I'm, I'm sure they they loved it. And, you know, I mean, now they're thinking, hey, there's all these different types of careers now open to me yeah. that that maybe I wasn't even thinking about. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it's it's humbling to say, Brett, but we changed lives that summer. There was a, an example of a student who wanted to, who came in wanting to be a wrestling coach. That was his, his goal, his vision in life was to be a wrestling coach. 
five years later, he's passed his IT fundamentals. He's sitting for a security plus. He's 180 degree career change, focused now on IT and cybersecurity. Uh, and he's one of you know 60 stories that we have over three camps that we did with uh, Virginia in 2017, 2018, and 2019. And just, yeah. I mean, amazing stuff. Yeah, Chuck. So I'm thinking, you know, educators are listening. You know, maybe they have just a couple of kids in their school that maybe have some vision issues, or or maybe they know a school in a nearby district. First of all, how could they they get involved to get their own kids at their school? But how how do you go about diving yeah. into this? Yeah. So um, again, cyber.org uh, has funding from Department of Homeland Security to work with state agencies, to work with schools for students with disabilities, uh, to work with um, public-private partnerships that are working to solve these problems. Uh, and I'll give you an example. This summer, like I mentioned, as we get busy with project access opportunities, we're working with not only Virginia Department for the Blind and Vision Impaired, we're working with state agency partners in Maine, in Vermont, in Michigan, in Nebraska, in Arkansas. Uh, we've got outreach in Colorado, in New Jersey, and Louisiana. Uh, so state agencies are, are have been the easiest connection for us uh, just because Virginia told us how to speak to speak. Uh, yeah. So, so we can go to those folks, but we also need to learn where these schools are. If there are opportunities to support, um, you know, programs that are operating in schools across the country that serve blind and vision impaired students or other students with disabilities, yeah. um, that's our next step. That's awesome. I'm, I'm just blown away by the idea. And again, we keep talking about it. You know, and, and every episode is how do we get more kids having that opportunity to to engage with STEM each and every day? I mean, kids are just drawn to all these different types of computer technology, STEM kind of fields. What do you think, Chuck? I mean, you've been a teacher. You've been, you've seen and worked with so many kids. What do you think just draws them naturally to to things like this, to cybersecurity and more? It's a great question. You know, it's 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 what they know now. Our students are digital natives. Mm -hmm. uh, they're practically born with devices in their hands. So they understand, they get this digital connection, this, what it means to be a responsible cyber citizen. But, you know, when we can tell them that through this experience, you know, so, so version 2.0 of that camp, uh, we went from, from a robotics-based platform to a, a Linux and HTML-based platform. Mm -hmm. uh, and our, our second camp just hosted um, two weeks ago in Richmond, where uh, the students who participated, you know, they, they got a Windows-based PC. We installed a virtual machine on there uh, through VMware and gave them access to an Ubuntu Linux that comes prepackaged with all sorts of assistive technology, including the Orchestra Screen Reader. Yeah. We loaded also a, a, an instance of Kali Linux and an instance of, uh, of Windows uh, so that on the Ubuntu system, we worked with HTML. We built, every student built their own web page. And on the Kali and Windows system, they actually practiced a couple of malicious attacks so it's it's this cutting edge stuff, right? That that is getting kids excited. It's it's hands on cybersecurity technology. It's HTML where they can see the product uh, in in a, in a real live web page. Go home and show their parents everything they learned. Right? I can right click inspect the source, and I can see all my my code in the background. I can show them what a password looks like in in uh, an analytic system and how. Uh, a program like John the Ripple will break that password, and we can get, talk about weak passwords. It's 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 what they're accustomed to through whether it's pop culture or social media. They're seeing at all of these dangerous events, yeah. and through our partnerships with the state agencies and the, and the funding of CISA, we can bring these events to life in these in these camps and give these kids the hands-on experience that they need to 
again, change lives, change destinies, and, and uh, get them interested in cybersecurity, not just for the sake of IT, right? but right. any industry is, is impacted by this. So find yeah. the hobby that you love. There's going to be an IT impact to it. Yeah. And there's probably a cybersecurity impact here. Yeah, so that's a great point, Chuck. I mean, cybersecurity isn't just a bunch of people sitting in one room in one building somewhere. Uh, every business, every place has cybersecurity. People working there now. And, and if those kids have those skills, and they're just going to have the world open to them. Listening to some of those things, some teachers are probably listening and you're saying Linux and Ubuntu and, and HTML. And, and and guess what? I, I Those kids... They're going to figure out those things, or some of your kids may already know about those things, teachers. So don't worry. Uh, the confidence will come as you start to learn it. You'll probably even learn some of the things from the kids, too. So, Yeah, and, and I'll say, you know, we're, we're here to help as well. Uh, one of the things that Cyber.org does not, not only provides free access to curriculum to teachers across the country, but free professional development workshops. Um, as we're recording, we've got an event happening this week where it's a week-long cybersecurity bootcamp. We're taking approximately 200 teachers through an intensive learning of what is Linux, Kali Linux. What are these malicious attacks that we're that we're operating on in, in a classroom, in a cyber range, in a safe, secure virtual environment? Uh, so we're here to support teachers every way possible to make them confident to have these conversations in their classroom, whether they're technical, like a cybersecurity course that culminates in a in a degree or a, a credential, or non-technical. We just want to have conversations to make students cyber aware. Um, we've got your back on both of those conversations. That's awesome. Really appreciate that, Chuck, on behalf of teachers. Uh, we're always looking for these great resources. And again, it's free. It's free that, as Chuck, you, you told me earlier, it's that that favorite four-letter F word that teachers <laughs> like. So um, yep. and, and really, uh, thinking about the, the future of STEM education, a lot of it really is working towards some of these types of hands-on things. And as technology keeps growing, looking yeah. at, at how does how does the world intersect with the, the things we're doing in our classrooms? Yeah, I mean, it's things you're doing too, right? Taking, part, taking things apart and seeing how they work. You have that box example where you take a box apart and you look at volume versus surface area. Um, electromagnets in the classroom was always one of my favorite activities. Getting kids' hands dirty, right? It's, yeah. Let's not be afraid to... To, to keep them busy with uh, with these tactile manipulative examples yeah. in the classroom, even if it's coding, um, because in cybersecurity, you're going to be able to break things and you're going to do it on purpose so that you can come back and fix it and defend against it. Yeah. We talk about, you know, what does is, what is ransomware look like? Ransomware, when properly launched, is going to bring an operating system down. Uh, so you're going to break this machine and then you have to build it back up. And then you can start thinking about, okay, that's how it worked. Now, as the defensive support, as a defensive analyst, right, how am I going to prevent these things from happening in the future? Most of it's human awareness, uh, creating a, a, a cycle of awareness in office buildings as these students become, you know, tier one, tier two help desk folks. How do you talk a colleague of yours at this future place of employment out of clicking on that dangerous link? So it's raising awareness, <laughs> making sure students are aware of all of the jobs that are out there in cyber uh, and identifying a role that they can play. That's awesome. I uh, really appreciate all the information, Chuck. And and I love hearing about Project Access. I think that's going to be an incredible opportunity for so many kids. Yeah, I'll say, um, you know, DHS is a wonderful partner. Uh, and to give us the opportunity to focus on uh, students with disabilities, such as blind and vision impairedness, um, has been a, a wonderful opportunity. We've got other opportunities um, that we're focusing on, including an outreach to uh, HBCU, uh, the universities and the high schools that serve them. Um, and a number of other uh, focused areas of, of opportunity. So if you're interested in learning more about that at any time, please 
uh, visit cyber.org. Uh, we've got a news feature where you can see all our latest blog posts. We're not letting moss grow under our feet, so we've got uh, plenty of problems to solve yet and uh, teachers that need that support in the classroom. So I appreciate this platform to be able to share that. Yeah, and like you said, Chuck, 800,000 jobs available out there, and you, your, your work isn't done until that number gets yeah. down to zero, right? So That's right. You at least know That's there's right. an end point. So <laughs> yeah, definitely educators, uh, check out all the great resources on cyber.org. There's so many uh, great free resources you can use. And and again, like Chuck said, they're willing to help you and, and give you that information and help that you may need. Uh, so one question I do love to ask everybody, Chuck, uh, if you could have dinner or or maybe even have them as a guest speaker with one of the groups that you're working with, somebody from STEM past or present, uh, who, who would that person be? That's such an awesome question. I got to tell you, I'm uh, adjunct faculty down at Louisiana Tech. I say down because they're literally 60 miles down the road from us yeah. here in yeah. Berger City. And I teach a, a four-course uh, sequence for STEM educators uh, yeah. um, that want to you know, teach STEM in the classroom. And this is a question I ask all of my students. Uh, who That's would awesome. you want to have uh, lunch with in your classroom, STEM past or present? Uh, and I've never been asked the question, so this is the first time I get to answer it. And I gotta say, probably uh, Thomas Edison for a number of reasons. I'm originally from New York, Long Island. Uh, lived on Staten Island a number of years, and he had a lab down in Menlo Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in Fort Myers when I was um, back before I became an educator when I was in the maritime business, and he had a lab down in Fort Myers. So I feel that connection. Uh, but I just love the story uh, how you know. Electricity comes about at the turn of the century, yeah. uh, and we have you know street lights for the first time. As obnoxious as they are on DC power, uh, but uh, I would just I would love to to pick his brain for a little bit uh, yeah. from the invention of you know rubber as a as a material for tires. Uh, to the filament in a light bulb, I think it'd be a fascinating conversation. Yeah, yeah, I think it would be. And and you relating those things, those connections, you have to Edison. I used to live in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and and Edison, Ford, and Firestone would take trips up and across and camp and stuff through You're there. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and uh, yep, so it, it's amazing. I mean, looking for those people around us uh, so we can bring those those stories of great people doing great things into our classrooms. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, um, one thing we got to, uh, it was a couple minutes ago, um, talking about teachers needing resources. We are always looking for other resources to be developed as well. Teachers, if, if you're out there and you're you're killing it in STEM in the classroom or, yeah. you know, cyber in the classroom, and you've got ideas that you're looking to, to share, maybe raise awareness for. After we wrote those standards that I was talking about earlier, um, an organization, uh, Sphero, I don't know, maybe you've heard of them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they have those little round robots, right? They developed yep. curriculum around our standards. Um, there are teachers who are, you know, writing materials uh, that are, are using the standards or are based on other curriculum areas that we have. So, you know, if, if you've got an idea uh, and you want to you know, see how it, how it floats with cyber education uh, on a national scale, uh, definitely let us know. That's awesome. And again, uh, educators, if you need to connect with Chuck or anybody from cyber.org, head to cyber.org, or you can connect with me in the show notes. Uh, I'll add information there as well. Any other last thoughts, Chuck? It's been great chat with you. Uh, so much great information. Any, anything yeah. else you just want to make sure educators know? No, I think, you know, um, you guys are on the front lines these days. Uh, we totally respect the work that educators are doing in the classroom. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to bring this conversation to your students where it's needed. Um, we're working with counselors, we're working with administrators, uh, and we want to work with teachers in the classroom to make sure they've got the resources they need. So uh, any way we can help, um, we'd love to 
uh, support the work that you're doing across the country. So Chris, I appreciate again, the platform to reach out to the teachers. Yeah, thank you very much again, uh, Dr. Chuck Gardner, Associate Director from Cyber.Oregon. Uh, really appreciate all the great stuff you're doing. Uh, again, educators, so many great resources and, and reach out, especially if you're doing something or, or if you know someone in your school, maybe you're not doing some cyber stuff, but reach out on the behalf of somebody else in your school or tell them about the information. And especially if you know some people that are working with kids that have those vision paired type of situations. So uh, again, thanks for listening to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app, leave a review, help more educators find out about the great things like cyber.org uh, to get involved with. And again, glad to be able to help you out. If you need to connect with me, head to dailystem.com. And in the meantime, just keep on doing that most important work, helping every kid in every classroom every day get more excited about their learning.